Okay. Okay. Yes. All right then. All right. Okay. okay. I just told the ladies that that um, Mrs. Um, Bennett that usually gets on with us. She's from my church. Uh-huh. She's in the she's in the hospital. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch her body right now. In the name of Jesus, God give the wisdom, give the doctor the wisdom and the knowledge that he need to attend to Sister Bennett. In the yes. name of Jesus, God, you never fail us. And we know you are not going to fail us now. In Jesus' name. And we cover Ms. Jackson and myself and our family member with the blood of Jesus that we will not get any backlashes from this prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yes. Is is Ms. Viola Brown on the phone? Ms. Jackson, you're talking to me. I'm talking to everybody. Oh. We, got, <laughs> we, got, um, we have um, um, who else is on there? Colette and um, Brenda. Colette and Brenda, and they will not get backlashes. And anybody else that's on the line. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. We believe in you, Lord, for great report. Concerning Sister Bennett. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Never fail us. And we know you are not going to fail us now. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise his name. Yes, God. Victory, God. Victory. God, we thank you that you are not rejecting our prayer. Glory to your name, Father. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes. Let your presence overtake this conversation, yes, Lord. Lord God. Let yes. your presence overtake. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord
let your anointing descend upon us this morning, O God. Father God, let the Good morning, everybody. Good morning.
spread from heaven, oh God, Lord. We're lifting up our cup to you today, oh God. Feed us right now, oh God, through your word today, oh God. And Lord, we bless your name, oh God. And Lord, we thank you. And God, we praise you. Lord, these are our blessings, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank God. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Let your presence, Father God, overtake our hearts just like our Father God as Father God overtake you. Father God, let your word overtake us, Father God, and fill us. Lord, dance over us today. Yes, Father Lord. God, and dance over us, yes. Father God. Yes, Come on that mulberry yes, trees and land on us, yes, oh God, this yes, morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Lord, glory to you. The conference has been muted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 So this morning, um, before we get into, and as, as you all know, that we are in this uh, series of tabernacles, and we are, we are looking at the various furnishings in the tabernacle, in the temple, and the, the reason why we started this journey is that when we take care of the temple, when we take care of the things of the Lord, Mm-hmm. then what happens around us changes. The trajectory of what we do changes. What was once really difficult is now made easy. And that we now are able to see that God is just like, a, you know, going in the front. We could be in the middle of a hurricane. We could be in the mm-hmm. eye of a hurricane, but we will still have the peace if only we are having our Savior next to us. Think about it this way. You and I are not prone from, from, from any bad things from happening, right? You and I have like a, every possible way that things could happen to us any day, any time. Yesterday, um, we were going... Um, uh, after the, there was like a, an event, like a kids to college event, and uh, we had some mentoring program happening right after. I had a series of meetings that uh, went on to like a seven seven thirty in the evening, right? And so um, I was traveling, and uh, uh, I, I had to go to this place in Rock Hill uh, in the afternoon, and there was a small time period where we, um, uh, there was like a a 15, 20 minutes that was in the middle, right? And my wife was with me, Jay, and so she said, like, why don't we get something to drink? And so um, she she loves uh, Starbucks. And so uh, we were looking for a Starbucks, and it was on the other side of the road. So it's really hard to just like a, take a U-turn, go there and come back this way. So we were still strolling our way to find something on the right side so we, we can go, right? And we took the, uh, we, we saw something, a random place that uh, we, we just like a bagel shop. We took that area, we parked the car, we went in, got something, came out, sat outside. It was a sunny day. And Right when we sat outside, 
there were two cars that just came against each other and just like crashed right there next to us, right? And the, the thing is, we were able to, uh, you know, immediately I was right next to, to that accident, was able to call 911 and, uh, and uh, you know, get some help for these guys. And it uh, took them 20 minutes. That was the exact 20 minutes I had in the middle, right? This was like not planned. This was like in the middle of the day. We could have gone somewhere else. But the guy who was inside the car just had a surgery in his nose, and he was still bleeding, and he just got into this accident. And we were there with this boy, like a 17-year-old boy, for like a 15, 20 minutes till the cops came and took care of it. My point is this, that we could be that boy at any point, any day. There could be things that could come towards us at any point, any day. But if we are in the presence of the Lord, if we are in the place where the proximity with our God is so close, then you don't need to worry about anything because he's going to be there standing and giving water and just like taking care of giving us a, a, a space for us to breathe and just give us this energy that we need for today. So that's why this whole meditation about tabernacle is such a beautiful journey. And we started on the first week of February. We are in the second, third week of April. We are still um, going through, and we will go through a little bit more on this today morning. We'll go to uh, Exodus chapter 13. This is where the, the whole furnishings and what happens inside the temple and what is inside the temple has been talked about. There's like 50 chapters in the Bible talks about it. But in the book of Exodus, Moses is going into a minute details of this. That's why let's go to Exodus chapter 30. I'm going to read from verses 18 through 21. It says, <clears throat> Make a bronze wash basin with a bronze stand. Place it between the tabernacle and the altar. So, as you can imagine, if you're just like a closing your eyes to just like imagine what would this be, right? You're coming into the tabernacle. The first thing that you see is this big, giant, square-looking altar, which is where they have this uh, offering, the guilt offering, and the, uh, the sacrifices are made. You can see there is a smell of like the meat burning in there, and, and uh, there is like a big platform where the priest can walk up to the altar to just like a place the sacrifice and so on, right? And between that altar, which is called the brazen altar, and the door of tabernacle to enter into the holy place, between these two, right, there is this brazen labor, right? There is a basin uh, that's made out of bronze, and the stand that's made out of bronze, right? Okay. 
Now, Aaron and his sons, the reason why the Bible says Aaron and his sons is because Aaron and his clan or his tribe is known to be the priests, right? So it could be Aaron, it could be you, it could be me. If we are the priests, the holy, uh, have an access to the holy place, then God is saying, before you go into that holy place, wash their hands and feet. They must wash with water whenever they go into the tabernacle. Right? They should just like a wash their hands before they go into the presence of God. Right? They probably have been working. These priests have been working. They've been cutting the meat or they were just like a putting it into the a horns of the altar. There's always like there's like a blood in their hands. And God is saying, before you come to me, all those sacrifices are good. But before you walk into my holy place, I want you to wash everything off. It could be dirt, or it could be even good things that you have done, like a, you know making an offering. But don't don't come with what uh, you have done, but just like wash them off. before the Lord and when they approach the altar to burn up the special gift for the Lord or they will die this is one can you imagine that the altar the brazen altar where the sacrifices are made and all those things and God never said like if you don't make a sacrifice or a guilt offering you will die he didn't say like a when you don't light the candle inside the tabernacle, you will die. He didn't say like when you don't pray uh, in the altar of incense, you will die. He didn't say if you didn't eat the, the bread, you will die. But in this case, he says, man, if you don't wash your hands and make yourself clean before you walk into my room, into my presence, you will die. And, and, and so this morning, what we are going to do is like a look at the, the significance of this brazen altar and what does it mean by washing their hands. All God is saying here is that before you actually go into the, the presence of God in the holy place, wash your hands with water, right? So this morning... The first thing that we are going to do is this. Who should wash the hands? We already know the priest, which is who you and me are today. We should do every one of us, right? But when we go a couple of chapters before to Exodus chapter 29, verses 4, it says, the same people's name is referred again. Wherever, whenever God talks about the priest, whenever God's talking about like, a, uh, you, you, you know, the ones that are going to serve him, he always refers to them as Aaron and his sons. He's talking about the priest and their priestly generation, right? Exodus 29 verses 4 says, 
Aaron and his sons, you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So basically the same place where the brazen altar is, right? And you shall wash them with the water. God is giving another instruction to Moses saying, Yes, they will go and wash, but the priests, before they go into the holy place, the high priest should come and wash them with the water. From head to the toe, they need to be washed before. So there is an instruction given here to wash the hands and legs before they go into the tabernacle, but before they go the very first time, before they start, this is like an ordination that they need to be ordained to serve. So if there is somebody who is going to go into the ministry, this is the first thing God is saying, you actually, the, the, the elders and the priests, come and wash them from head to the toe. So this is not talking about just like a washing the hands in the very same place. God wants. So when Solomon heard that they need to be washed from head to toe, Solomon, when he built the temple, man, this guy was so extravagant, right? When he built the temple, everything inside the temple, someday we'll come back and look at the Solomon's temple because it is so amazing to me this uh, what he has done to the temple. He built everything inside, not only the the, the things like uh, the showbread and the, the, the altars for the showbread or um, the the lampstand with gold. He even made the walls with gold, right? In fact, if we take the amount of gold that he used for building the temple in today's money, it's $194 billion, billion B, right? And the amount of silver that he used inside is worth $22 billion. In total, he spent inside the tabernacle alone $216 billion, right? So then he thought about the brazen labor he wanted to do something big, right? He's an extravagant guy. So he made a giant bowl. The, the historians believe that tracked this thing, that giant bowl, the brazen laver that Solomon built contained 12,000 gallons of water. <laughs> this is how extravagant Solomon is. In fact, because the Bible says those people need to be bathed before they start their service. Here's what Solomon did. He made this bowl so big that 12 priests can be bathed at one time. It's almost like this big, giant jacuzzi he built where 12 people can be thrown into that water and they can take a bath, right? So, having taken... Like that kind of like a mindset, you know, is needed. This extravagance is needed before we go into the presence of God. And he's just like 
Yeah, he is. Solomon is Solomon. But the thing is this. When we go before the Lord, we cannot be stingy in, in, in making us available to him. We need to be completely made available to him. We cannot partially give ourselves to the Lord. We just need to repent and we need to just like to wash ourselves completely clean. But there's nothing that we could see through our eyes that can defile our body. We cannot say something out of our mouth that can defile our body. The Bible says not what goes into our mouth that defiles us. What comes out of our mouth defiles us, right? With what we do with our hands, we cannot have blood. And the place that we walk into should be the place where we can take Jesus in any moment in time. And if we are not able to take Jesus in to that room, then we should not be in that room. We should be completely given ourselves, immersed in ourselves, washed ourselves. When John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness, people were running to him, repenting and getting baptized in the Jordan River. This was a symbol of washing away everything. I don't have to have anything else when I am going into the presence of God. Leave everything behind is what God is saying before you walk into the presence of God. Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, this was the after he was resurrected and he was with his disciples and he spoke to them and he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Right. Go therefore and make disciples for, of all the nations. This is in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, right? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all, observe all things that I've commanded you to do. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Here's the thing. When this, this whole thing of like a going into the service, going into the ministry, going into doing something for the Lord, before we go anywhere into the close to the presence of God, we need to be baptized completely. And the thing is that in, in uh, uh, the days when the crusaders were going and uh, uh, killing and uh, uh, before they, they, the mercenaries were asked to go and do certain things, uh, what they did is they always had to baptize these mercenaries because they were not, uh, they were not uh, uh, Christians. And so... Um, the one thing that they did is when they baptized these guys, they already know that everything needs to be baptized, right? And so 
when they were baptized, they, they always had like their sword and the spears and everything in their hand. And when they went down into the water, they kept their sword outside the water, just their hand lifted up from their water. So they just like a leave just the, the knife or the sword or the spear outside the water. Their right hand was just like holding it out while they were getting baptized, right? It may sound funny. How could have they baptized these guys with their hands outside, right? But remember, we do this all the time. We are actually telling God, God, I'm, I want to be baptized as well, but let me keep my purse outside. God, I want to be baptized, but let me get this one relationship that I have with this woman outside or this man outside. Because that's something that you know is not correct before God, and you're just like a keeping him outside. God, you can come anywhere into my house, but not into this closet where I'm sitting down and watching movie. God, you can come anywhere into my house, but just this 8 to 9 o'clock in the night, let me take this break from you, God, so I can do these things, right? But God is saying, I want you to give yourself completely. It's an act of obedience. Nothing more. When we go into the presence of God, we cannot have anything in our hand that can, that can just separate us from God. Right? And, and I was uh, listening to some of these preachers talk about the importance of baptism. One of the things that almost invariably every one of them talked about is in Romans chapter 6, where when we get baptized, when we go down into that water, we're dying to ourselves. When we come out, we become a new creation that we will be one with God. And that's what God wants us to do every time he sees this brazen labor, before we get started into doing something for the Lord. It doesn't mean that we are going to be saved in a special way, but God is saying, make yourself clean in every area of your life before you walk into my presence. But here's the point. be washed clean. We could be these priests could be cleaned and washed, right, one time. But then, we all, if, if we are saved once and we are saved for good, then we don't really need this preaching. We don't need these many pastors, these many churches. We all, once we give their life to Christ, right, you can imagine, out of like a, nearly 8 billion people on this earth, 2.3 billion or, you know, 3 billion, close to 3 billion of these people are already Christians. If they are already Christians, they should be all doing correct things. And they should not be getting themselves into trouble. But that's not how it works. We all are human beings. We all are bound to make mistakes. And that's why that one-time washing is absolutely good. But the second one that is needed is an everyday washing when we go before the Lord. This, this placement 
of this between the altar and the and the holy place is so important because the, the thing is this comes in between our everyday life and 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 the thing is this how many of you have seen this last supper picture like there's 12 beautiful people sitting next to uh Jesus right this last supper picture I absolutely don't like that picture. The reason why I don't like that picture is not, it is not depicting the true Last Supper. Why? Because all these guys are sitting, like they are sitting on one side of the room for the picture and expecting somebody to come and serve them, right? That's a wrong picture of the, the dinner table that uh, Jesus had, right? And then the second thing is, it was very customary for the people in those days when Jesus was having dinner. And even today, in many of the Jewish community and the Middle Eastern community, is not actually sit on the table. We always sit on the, on the ground. Even in India, it is very customary for us to sit on the floor to eat dinner, Right? And so was the dinner at the Last Supper because they were not having a table on which they were served food. We're still thinking like a Western dinner uh, where we are sitting in a, in a five-star hotel and they got served. No, they were sitting on the floor. They were eating food, passing their plates, right? And, and the thing is, why is this so important? Because when we go to John chapter 13, right, which is where this Last Supper is being talked about, you remember like when we were celebrating the Easter and uh, the Good Friday, we saw the day before on the Last Supper when Jesus was about to sit down to eat. He actually, the Bible says in verse 6 of John chapter 13, he girded himself in a cloth, and then he, he just took a basin of water, and he was washing the people's feet, right? And here's the thing. When Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples, everybody was quiet. Nobody made a noise about anything. But there was this one guy. There was this one man, Peter, right? When Jesus came closer to him to wash his feet, and Peter says, Jesus, what are you doing? Lord, are you washing my feet? Why is this important? That conversation is important. Um, but before we get to that conversation, the reason why that Jesus also went about to wash their feet is because in those days, they never had like a, a, a road separate for the, the animals versus human being. They never had a road made like a how it, was, it, it is now uh, in Highway 15 or a Highway 20 or a Highway 25 or a Highway 35. It, it, this was like a road where both the cows and the human being, both the livestock and the human beings were walking and they never had like a, 
Gucci shoes for them to just like not have any dirt get on their shoes. They have to wear some sandals that could step on the dirt, right? And that dirt that they're stepping on could also have touched their feet because their shoes are not like, they're not wearing shoes, they're wearing sandals. So when they came down to sit, they sit down with their feet facing the next person. When they fold their feet, the feet of the person that is sitting next to them can be smelled by the people that are sitting next to them, right? And so here, the host did not give them water to wash their feet, and Jesus is taking a basin and coming around, and he wants to wash their feet. And that's when Peter was saying, Lord, don't do this, right? And Jesus says, what I'm doing to you, you do not understand now, but you will after this. What was Jesus saying to Peter is that, Peter, go back and read Exodus chapter 30, verses 18. Or he was saying, Peter, go back and read Exodus 30, 28, or Exodus 30, 31, 9, Exodus 35, 16, or Exodus 38, 8, or Exodus 40, 11. All of these verses that I've already told Moses, you do not understand now, because you're not reading his word. And Peter says, no, 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 God, don't wash my feet. He's saying twice, like the second time when he says that, Jesus says, if you do not, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. What was Jesus saying? Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, there are certain things in your life that you need to wash yourself off. You, you and I may not do some major mistakes, but every one of us have like a small pet sins in our life. It could be eating. It could be anything. But that small dirt, that small spike, uh, speck uh, in our feet, God doesn't want it. He's saying to Peter, 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 you are someone who's so quick to speak. The words that are coming out of your mouth is just not filtered. You're so quick to get angry. You're always swinging your sword and cutting people's ears. Peter, you're such a good guy. I really want to build a, 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 a church uh, and keep you as a stone. I know that you are like a very important for me, but these, these small things, tiny bit of things, I want to remove that from your life because you don't understand this kind of like a small stuff is going to be bothering. You won't be able to enjoy my presence if you have these small stuff. Right? And, and then Peter says, oh, God, if that is true, because Peter has no idea what Jesus was saying, and Peter is saying, why me, my feet only? Uh, wash me from my head. And Jesus says, he who is bathed need only to wash his feet. What is Jesus saying? You're already ordained for my ministry. You're already washed. Now, you don't really need that washing again and again. You don't need to give your life again and again. You just need to wash your hands and feet. Get yourself off of some things that 
is not right. No one is perfect. We all need cleansing every day. And that's what Jesus is telling Peter. You don't need a whole bath. You, you need to be a vessel worthy of honor. Can you imagine we have a dirt in our life that is something that is in the hidden part of our life and we go out and tell about Jesus and when people get to know that, that small dirt that is in our hands, what they do? I thought you were a Christian guy. Did you do this? Really? So, all God is saying here, when we look at the brazen labor, is that first you, you, we need to be baptized. That is very good. But at the same time, we cannot belittle the wrongdoing. The daily cleansing act is an act of obedience, right? Uh, of late, these guys are just like, a, oh, this is, uh, is my soapbox. I'm going to get into my soapbox for a moment. Um, as some of you may know, uh, there was a man named Ravi Zacharias who's beaten. He's, he's dead, but the, the, the great guy, great apologetic guy, but after he died, um, they just like have found some dirt in this man's life, right? And so uh, they, they, they're talking, the online community is talking, and, and I, I really want to get into that soapbox for a second. If you are an online online uh, you know, a community guy that is uh, uh, is speaking about Ravi Zacharias. Please get off this line, because it's not something that you should be doing over to a guy who's dead. He was a man of God. I'm not saying he did or didn't do anything with that woman or women. Uh, I, I don't know any of those details, but you don't have any authority to question his salvation or any authority to know whether he's going to go to heaven or not. It is not your job or my job to decide on who gets to go to heaven or not and have a debate over a man who is dead. So the thing is, guys, you know, stop throwing dirt at one of our own guys. I don't know whether he did right or wrong, but here's what I want you to do. There are other things that we can talk about online, and let's go after the enemy who is out there. Let's bind that enemy. Let's go after the enemy uh, in one accord rather than just like separating ourselves, guys. Now that I've come back to my soapbox, here's the thing. God is saying this kind of like a washing is very important because small dirt can just like a come out to be big. The enemy knows to inject himself, cognitively inject himself to do certain things in your life and my life. And that's why Psalmist David is saying in Psalm 26, verses 6 through 8, he says, I will wash my hands in innocence, so I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell all of your wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Before we go into the presence, before we go into the, the altar of 
entrance, before we go into the holy place, before we go into the holy of holies, before we go into serving God every day, David is saying, I will wash my hands. That's one of the major criteria. If only we have like a small speck of dirt that is in our life, sometimes these small things, these small pebbles can alter or hinder our worship with the Lord. And that's why Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, let me wash off some of these things. And you need to do this every single day is what God is saying. But here's another thing. How was this this uh, uh, brazen labor made? It says it's made out of bronze, right? But there is a tiny bit detail that Moses is writing in Exodus chapter 38, verses 8, when it comes to this. He says, he made the labor of bronze and its base of bronze. This is Exodus chapter 38, verses 8, right? From the bronze mirrors of the serving women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. There is a, an additional detail that Moses is saying that, yeah, the outer thing is made out of bronze, right? But it is also made out of bronze mirrors. What do you mean by bronze mirrors? Right? In, in the days of Moses and in the days of Jesus, and even up to 19, I mean 1835, the mirrors were not made out of glass like how we see them today. The mirrors were made out of these kind of metals like the bronze. And they, were, they would polish them so fine that the face, can be seen like a mirror. We think like a mirror, like how we see, right? But that was all invented by this guy in 1835 named Justice Juan Lee Big, who actually made the mirror with a slightly different twist. He actually took like the glass and then he just overlaid by heating aluminum in a vacuum and, and on the back of the glass. In fact, some of these mirrors today are made by, by spraying a thin layer of silver or aluminum on the back of a sheet of glass. That's how today we are, the, the glasses are made, but not in the days of Moses or Jesus. In the days of Moses or Jesus, they took all these this plates with the polishing, they, they made a mirror out of it, but these you read that verse in Exodus 38.8. It says, from the bronze mirrors of the serving woman who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Meaning, there were some women that were also serving in the tabernacle. And as they were serving in the tabernacle, they actually gave up their mirrors. They gave up what they were looking at every single day uh, to beautify themselves. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, women don't look at the mirror. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that 
this this thing, this extravagance that a lot of uh, people are putting towards this, like a standing before the mirror, God is saying, you know, this is applicable to both men and women, that we need to just like a take that extravagance and just like a give it over to God, right? And and this fine polished bronze mirrors are placed inside the laver, like a brazen laver, and then water is poured on it. And so when somebody goes and washes their hand, during the time of washing, they can actually see the reflection of their faces upon that water, right? What does this represent? What is the significance of it? Is this, the mirrors reflect the true self of you and me. If we need a cleaning, then that cleaning that we need has to be reflected in some way. We need to be notified. If we are not notified about our problem, then we won't be able to get to the problem. And that's why James chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, James is actually getting into this. What does this mirror represent? He's talking about it. He says in James chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, he says, For if anyone is the hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. Right? So, what is Peter saying? I'm sorry, James is saying, he's saying, if, if you just like to hear God's word and actually not implement something in your life, then you are like the man who actually looked at yourself in the mirror and walked away and did nothing. Think about it this way. You woke up in the morning, you went before the mirror, you looked at your face, and you absolutely did nothing to your face or your hair. And you just like walked away, right? And I took that verse and I just like translated into another sentence. And, and I was saying that prolonged, forget the first doing an action, something that we have to also pay attention the, is the Word of God, which is sometimes we, we tend to take reading the Word of God for granted. We don't do this every day. Some, not all, right? We don't do this with passion, the Word of God. We don't labor in the Word of God. We, we, we just tend to read it like a checkbox, the Word of God. At least in, in some cases, we put that checkbox in, in, in our daily life, but it has to be more than just like a reading the Word. But before we go to reading more or doing something more, if you are not even paying attention to the Word of God this morning, I'm here to encourage you to not go do anything in your life every single day before going to this mirror. In fact, the prolonged absence of God's Word in our life makes us forget how we look before God. Let me say this one more time. The prolonged absence of God's word in our life 
makes us forget how we look. Sometimes when we look at our, our face in the morning, in the mirror, it requires some brushing of the hair and washing of our face and washing of our teeth and everything. It's okay. It's okay, meaning that we, we should be going before God and agreeing with the Lord, saying, yeah, God, I know this is just something I cannot get rid of. God, I need your help. But if we don't even go to the Word, we won't even know that we need that change in our life. It's, it's almost like this, right? When you buy a new car, right? And we do this all the time in this country. I know, Miss Sarah, everybody's pounding on you to get your new car, right? And, and the thing is this. When we buy the new car, the first thing we tell, and at least I don't know whether you tell, but I was telling my kids, don't eat inside the car. Don't dirty the car. This is like a new car. And, and the thing is this. We don't want to make the car dirt or junk like the old car that we had. We want to keep it clean, right? Like a four or five weeks later, you're now standing or, or, or driving through a, a, a Taco Bell or a KFC buying stuff and eating while you're going from one place to the other. What am I saying? That when everything is like a new and fresh, you don't want to have any dirt in that place. And every single day, in your life and my life should be like that new car. Every day is new. His grace is new every single day. And when we go before God, we need to treat our every day like a new car. This life that we are living today wasn't the same life that we lived yesterday. We need to keep this car. It's almost like this I, I, I don't know how many of you have like a white dress. And invariably, if you're wearing a white dress, someone will just like, you know, pour a ketchup or they will just like a, you know, a drop of a coffee or a, uh, even a cup of coffee, just like a pour on that white dress. It's almost like this white dress have an attraction towards a, uh, something to be poured on. But if you have like a white coat or a white dress, we do, whenever there is like a dirt comes on it, we really don't want to have a white dress with the dirt on it. We don't want a white dress with the stains on it. We just wanted to wash that out, right? And we need to treat our life like that without any stain in our life. We, even if there is a stain that falls into that dress, we need to remove them. Actually, I really like this verse in Revelation chapter 19, and verses 7 through 9, it's talking about a marriage supper. And God is just like a made a beautiful supper for every one of us to eat. Can you imagine one day we're going to be sitting in front of the Lord, even if every person in this world is invited to this banquet, we would be close to 8.3 billion at this point. If God just like a made a supper today, there will be 8 billion people sitting down at his table, right? So, here's what the verse 7 says. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. 
God is talking about like at the end of all this tribulation, end of all the things, everything is over. Now we are in the presence of God. We are in heaven. We are, we are, we are the bride that he came for and died on the rugged cross. He has done everything he can to bring his bride back home, right? And here, the Bible says in verse 18, 8 of Revelation 19, she was given clothing of fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen she wears is the righteous act of the saints. And the angels told me to write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. Earlier we saw James talk about the word like a mirror. And now here, God is inviting not only to that mirror, but he's also clothing us with a, with a white linen robe. And if we are, you and I are invited to have a dinner with God, will we have like a, you know, dirt on that dress? No. We wanted to wash that away. That's why Ephesians chapter 5 verses 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her, the bride, with the washing of the water by the word. So what cleanses us? is the word of God. And what gives us the reflection of who we are is the word of God. What am I saying? The prolonged absence of God's word in your life will not only forget how we look, but also makes our spiritual life dull. And so here's the thing. What does this mirror in the brazen lab, uh, labor ref, reveals is, is the reflection of things that we need to get rid of from our heart, from our hands. And the water in the labor just washes us clean. And, and David says beautifully in Psalm 119, how can a young man or a young woman keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? When God's word reveals something in your life, and the thing is that God's word, when we soak them in, and if you make a mistake, immediately the Holy Spirit will prompt you that what you did is wrong. And then you will want to get that thing corrected. And, and Psalm 32, 5 says, I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquities I've not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquities of my sin. And when we were uh, in India, uh, I was actually teaching the Sunday school uh, for the kids. And uh, one of the stories it goes like this. There was a man who had like a two sons, and uh, when, when he went out on a business, he told his sons to take care of his sheep. And uh, one day when they went out taking care of their sheep, they had their iPad and iPhones and all these things, and they didn't care about the sheep. And one of those sheep just like a went in and just like a uh, drowned uh, in that water out of 100 sheep. 
And so here's what happened. So the two boys, what they did is like a, they took that sheep that just like a died in the water and they dug a hole and they just buried. As they were burying that, the, the, the servant of the owner just saw what these two boys did. And so when they came home, the servant said, I know what you guys did. And so these guys were running around scared. And the servant was actually telling these boys every single time he wanted a good food. He was telling the boys, I know what you did. And so these boys gave away the food uh, that they had to the servant. And when they had like a good uh, dress to wear, the servant would come around and say, I know what you did. And they would just like give away their clothing. And a few days later, the master came home. And uh, the, the master brought some chocolates from his trip. And they were about to eat the chocolate. And the servant came by and said, I know. And they gave away the chocolate. After a week and a month, the boys couldn't take what happened to them, what is happening to them. And so they went to the father and said, like, Dad, uh, you know, we just have to tell you, we were out there, we, were, we made a mistake, we were not watching these sheep properly. One of them drowned and died, and we just like the took and buried it. And the father said, ah, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, we have many of them, and it has happened to me even before. Uh, so, well, you know, where did you guys bury them? Oh, okay. We'll take care of it in a right way. But here's the thing. At that moment in time, the master knows what those two boys did, what, what his sons did. And after that, if the servant comes and says, I know, then the, there is no guilt anymore because master already knows. Father already knows what we have done and that we have already received the grace and forgiveness and mercy from him on the rugged cross. It is better for us to go to him and just like get our, our act together than to let the enemy turn around and come every single time to remind us of our past. A.W. Tozer, one of the amazing men of God, uh, an evangelist, a missionary, a pastor, Here's what he said in the height of his, uh, his, his, his uh, growing with the Lord. He says, a honest man with an open Bible and a pad and a pencil is sure to find out what is wrong with him very quickly. A honest man with an open Bible and a pad and pencil is sure to find out what is wrong with him very quickly. When we put our hands upon the Word of God, it starts to reflect if there are things that are not right in our life. Two days ago on a Friday night, um, it was like a day before or uh, yeah, yesterday, we had like a uh, uh, someone in our team just like did something wrong and uh, it was just like a badly reflecting on uh, uh, what, they were, what they have done like uh, 
there were so many of these mentors who are calling me at 10.30 in the night and asking me, oh, I got this message, what do I do? I, I was told to do this, this, what shall I do? And uh, at that point in time, I knew this is not correct. And I could easily pick up the phone and did something wrong at that moment in time. But instead, what I did, I was, I was not happy. I was a little upset. But at the same time, I told God, I'm going to wait to be unhappy. In fact, I told God, Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, I'll become unhappy about this one thing. Now I have to fix what is broken and went about my business. What am I saying? The thing is, sometimes when you are angry at somebody, when you're upset, you immediately react to that one. But instead, when you read the Word of God, it's going to give you the calmness and peace. And you can actually wait to get angry. In fact, you can make an appointment to a later date to get angry for the mistake. You can actually wait to send that email out when you're angry. You can wait to get upset. It's very logical and real because by the time you get to that appointment, you may not even be angry at that point. And you may not have done what could have caused the damage to you or, or, or to your mission. And so this morning, all I'm saying is this. When you take a paper or a pad and a pencil with an open Bible, God will speak to you. That's what the brazen laver is reminding us this morning. Here's what I want to do before I close this morning. I just received a text from this girl named Unica Jackson. This is the girl that just got into a little bit of trouble with a pregnancy. We just helped her like a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, with her, her uh, housing and so on. And, and, and here's the thing. She wrote an, a, a text last night, and uh, she was saying, uh, I wanted to check in uh, with you and let you know everything is going well for me and my little guy. And hope the same for you and your family as well. And just want to thank you again for everything. What is she saying? She's thanking for something that she received. She's reflecting on something, and she probably thought to herself, man, what God has given to me is much more blessed right now than the mistake that I made. I, I, I want to get this right, and now God has given me a chance to get myself right before him. And she's just acknowledging the fact that she's loud right now. Sometimes when we do some things wrong, what we want to look at is not only reacting to it, but also if only God has taken our wrong to the court of law, we would not stand a chance. But instead, he went to the cross to pay for every single mistake that we have done. And all he is saying is that, when we live today, as we read the word today, he is asking us to reflect on our life and use this as an opportunity 
to clean ourselves from all the things that we have done. As we have invited Brother Vince to come in and reflect this morning, I want you to, and me as well, and everyone in this line, to just like reflect on this word this week. Brother Vince. Amen. Amen, Brother Cyril. Thank you so much for bringing his word to life. As we, as we reflect on the bronze laver and the altar, the Holy of Holies and the temple, but we just thank you for giving us that symbol, that example from the Old Testament and, 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 and how it applies today to our life uh, through Christ. The extravagance is needed before him, as you reminded us. I never really thought about how extravagance, and, and we need to give him everything, not just a part of us, we need to be all in before we enter his presence. And we, we cannot just take Jesus in completely. We have to be completely all in before we enter his presence. That, that applies the same to ministry. When you go into your, whatever your ministry is, could be your uh, place of employment. The same with baptism and the same with communion. We can't give us impartial. And every day is a, as an act of obedience in washing us. Like, we've already been washed, but we need to wash every day our hands and our feet before we enter. And we cannot take that lightly. And, and I'm, I'm just as convicted of this message today as anyone. Is it, I, I, I think we take it lightly when we enter his presence. We must wash daily no matter how small. This is an act of obedience. And the mirrors, the mirrors from our bronze who reflect our true selves. Just as James said in James 1, is that we can't be just tears only. We have to be doers. We can, we can read. We can educate. We can listen to all the podcasts and messages. But until you act, until you act and are obedient to his word, it means nothing. There's a saying I just uh, adopted uh, a few months ago. And it applies to the grace and mercy that has to be renewed every day. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Just think about that for a second. It's very powerful. I close with this, is repeating what, what Cyril said. The prolonged absence of God's word in our life make us forget how we look. The prolonged absence of God's word in our life make us forget how we look. What cleanses us is the Word of God. Every day, reflect on the things that we need to get rid of, and the Holy Spirit will convict us. Amen. Sarah? Amen. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, 
we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take this cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The night before Jesus was crucified, he pulled his disciples aside, and he was sitting down, and uh, he was reflecting on what he was doing for three years with those disciples. The disciples had already given their life to Christ, right? And the disciples hadn't to, uh, need not have to do anything because their job description is even assigned to each of those 12 people. In fact, God took time to fast to, to choose these 12 guys to be around him, right? But the night before, he actually sits down and gives him, give them a, a, a farewell speech. At that time, he says to them, this is my body, which is for you. This, this body of mine, I'm going to let these guys tear it apart and just make it as an offering for you. But every single day, every single week, every single minute of our life, we need to remember this particular sacrifice Jesus made on that rugged cross. And he says, you know, not only you, you would eat this bread, but also remember what I have done for you and your families and your children and your children's children and the next generation and the generations to come. Today morning, as we take this bread, let us take this with a remembrance of the body that was torn apart on that ragged cross. Go ahead. Then he says, in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this, is, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As we drink this cup, I want us to remember the new covenant that nothing can take us away from the presence of the Holy God. And it is a remembrance, not just only for us, but the reminder for the enemy that he has no power over you and me, and nor our children, not our, not our generation, not this city, not this nation, not this earth that the God of this universe has built. Mm -hmm. Do this in remembrance of that covenant that he has made with you and me. Go ahead. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we come before you. The conference has been unmuted. This morning, before your presence, oh God. God, everything that you have said and given it to us, Father God, we wanted to do it in extravagance in giving it back to you. God, take our bodies as a living sacrifice today morning, Mm -hmm. as holy and acceptable to you. God, we give you everything that we have. Mm -hmm. God, this is all the fish and bread that we have, but we want to offer them this morning Mm -hmm. so you can multiply in our life and our children's life and in Mm -hmm. our cities and our nation. We surrender ourselves, Father God. Remind us, Father God, to see in your word and not be absent. Father God, we want to be the doers of your word. Help yes. us, Father God, to reflect on that yes, Lord. in the days to come. God, I just like to thank you for the word that the Brother Wynn said. Let this day be the first day for the rest of our life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Help us, yes, Father Lord. God, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. for us to be yes, the first Lord. day for the rest yes, of our life. Oh, Shana Baba Bosa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let this minute be the first minute of our life, Father God, that we have. Ever got into our hands, Father God, help us, Father God, to reflect your image yes, in yes, everything Lord. that we do, Father God. Yes, we Jesus. wanted to be a, a vessel worthy of your honor, O oh God. Clean us, clean us like a white as a snow, yes, Father God. Clean us with the heat up this morning one more time, Father God. Help us, Father God, to be a vessel to carry your honor and your glory worthy of your name, O God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Help us to pour this anointing upon our children, O God. Help us to pour this anointing upon our children's children, oh God. Oh, Father God, next 16 generations will be blessed because of what you have done in our life, Father God. The reflection of your word in our life that happened, Father God, today becomes a blessing for our generation to come. That our 16 generations will be blessed and know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, oh God. 16 generations from here, Father God, the word says that the grace goes farther, as farther as thousand generations. Father God, let it flow through us to the next generation. God, help us to leave a blessing upon this next generation, Father God. Hallelujah. Father God, we lift up the, 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 the unforgiveness and the 
the anger and the frustration and the blood that is being shed on the streets of this nation. God, this week there is even more news of uh, our children dying. Yes, Lord. Dying on the streets. God, we pray that the enemy of this nation will be bound. Hallelujah. Yes. This nation will come back to its glory that we don't need to. Father God, shed one more blood or life on this land, oh God. We are asking Father God to put an end to the killings that are happening to the the streets of this nation, oh God, that we need to see a land restored. Father God, let the locusts stop chewing this nation, oh God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Don't let the locusts chew this nation, oh God. Let it stop, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the young blood shed on the streets stop, oh God. The the Abel's blood is still speaking, Father God, for it was innocent when it was shed on the streets, Father God. Even today, there's so many. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father God. Yes, Father Lord. God, this nation needs to have their fathers come back to their homes. Yes. This nation needs the children to grow up in the families, oh God. This nation needs the whole family to be together. God, whatever yes. the enemy has done to this nation, Father God, let it stop. Let the families come together. Let our children, Father God, see the fullness of our life, Father God. Help us, Father God, to be that for this nation, oh God. Yes, Lord. We surrender ourselves into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor. Yes, In Jesus', Jesus name we pray. Oh, Hallelujah. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up Miss Bennett this morning, Father God. God, let her feel that the thing that is bothering her be comforted. God, this sister of ours, Father God, this morning as we lift her up, Father God, the Bible says, when those of you on earth agree on one thing, the Father in heaven will do it for their sake. God, this morning we are in agreement to come before you for this Bennett, oh God, that she would feel the comfort right now, Father God, as the angels descend from heaven into that hospital room and touch her, Father God, and minister to her, Father God, that she would feel herself Father, yes. God, comforted yes. this morning. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, she harnesses you, Father God, all the time. Thank you, Jesus. She lifts you up all the time. 
Father yes, God, Lord. show up in her life this yes. moment, Father oh, God. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Bring her out of that hospital Hallelujah. this morning to home, Father God. Do it, Hallelujah, yes. hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, you're worthy, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We don't want to leave the hem of your garment this morning, Father God. We don't want to leave the hem of your garment, Father God. You're going to her body. We don't want to leave the hem of your garment, oh God. Hallelujah. We want to push through to touch you, Father God. You're pushing and to touch her, Father God. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. Right now, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, God. Oh, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Jesus, Father God. Hallelujah. The Bible says when Job prayed for his friends, Job's iniquities were removed. As you all lift up Miss Bennett's life this morning, the iniquities in your life are falling apart. The sickness in your body is coming out. The, the financial burden is being restored and the life is given a new Yes, uh, a, a, a new flash has been added to your yes, life uh, as you Lord. are thank praying you. and pouring out for Miss Bennett. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father God, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Don't let us leave, Father God. When Moses came down from the mountain, his face was just like a filled with the glory. Father God, I pray this morning in agreement with my brothers and sisters that you will fill our face with a fresh countenance of your glory. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you. The brightness that you passed through our face, Father God, as your presence passed through our face, Father God, the yes. countenance of our face is just like brightened because of you, Father God. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 H
We linger, Father God. We want to linger on your presence. Not just this morning, Father God, in the days and weeks to come, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When the saints came together like this to pray before you, Father God, you showed up. You show up all the time, Father God. Thank you for showing up this morning, Father God. Thank you for showing up this morning, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Showing up this morning, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Father God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Father God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father God. Glory to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh God, we bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh Father God, you are the God who wipes out every tears, Father God, I pray. Father God, in agreement with my brothers and sisters, that you wipe out every tear from our face, Father God. And give account for every tear, O God. God, let these tears labor before you, Father God. Let these tears labor before you, Father God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Let it labor before you, Father. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, release, 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 release your grace and mercy upon us, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah. Melt them, melt them, melt the mountains, oh God. Melt the mountains that are standing before us. Melt the mountains, oh God. Let the mountains be melted down and become plain, Father God. Give us the victory and authority over this mountain that we are standing on right now, Father God. Let it become like a plain in our lives, oh God, as we shout grace, grace. Grace, 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 gr
into our children and our children's children. And God says, you know, I can, I can send my presence where you are when we seek to be in his presence. Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you all, and everybody have a blessed week. Yes. You, you too. Have, have an amazing week. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful week, too. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Have an amazing week. We'll yes. come back again next week. Yes. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.